I'm Emily. And I'm Justin. And you're listening to The E&J Show. It's a podcast about dating, sex, the pop culture of our youth, food, farming, and how we're navigating this crazy little thing called life. How have you been, Justin? I've been okay. Um, I think for our listeners that don't check us out on Podbean, say they're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we should maybe clarify the title to that last episode. Yes. So um, do you want to do it or do you want me to do it? Uh, Well, basically, until last episode, what was that, episode eight, Eight. we had been recording over uh, Discord. And we had been using a Discord bot called Craig to mm-hmm. record our voices. And I think how I was doing it was that it was taking not what we were sending, but what uh, what Discord was receiving. So if for whatever reason our mics cut out or something, or Discord did kind of like an auto mute thing because the input was too loud, it just wouldn't be picked up and that's why a lot of times if we were laughing or something uh, it was just cut off or other times randomly for kind of no reason we might lose part of a sentence and then I would have to edit around that yeah I think specifically it was recording what was coming from your like what you were hearing and putting into the computer so like that's why I sounded more digital and my laughs were often more cut out and my reception was more spotty than yours or yeah, my bandwidth. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not entirely sure, but it definitely know, seemed but... it definitely seemed to be, you know, whatever we heard over Discord was what was gonna be put into the recording. Whereas with Zoom, if we start talking over each other or something, it's not gonna cut cut one of us out and then exactly. just not be there in the recording. So, so yeah, here's so the greener we cha- pastures. Here's to greener pastures. I also like wrote that in the show notes. I don't know if you guys read the show notes, but you should because they're funny and they're written by me. I don't know if they're funny. Sometimes they're funny. They're also just, I think they're well written. So that's who Craig was. Craig, Craig anyway, was the Discord bot. Craig is dead to us now. Yeah. Uh, just, so, just not doing a great job. It was spotty. Yeah. And, you know, the last two times we went to record, we basically couldn't because yeah. the service was so spotty that it, it, it couldn't sustain for like an hour's worth of recording time. Uh, I guess we only recorded like a couple weeks ago. So like two weeks ago. Yeah. Well, we're trying to get back into the swing of things after yeah. our kind of hiatus for a little while. Yeah, um, so I have not been traveling, believe it or not. I have been in one place the whole time. When I go to my meditation group on Thursdays, they always ask me where I am, and I'm like, still in Cambridge. Well, you will be traveling. Yeah, in a month. In, in a month or so. More than a month. Actually, I, I, I um, shortened my Hawaii trip, so you know that. But Yes. Yes. So um, I'm not going to be anywhere until May. I'm going to be just in the void, non-existing until May. Mm. Well, speaking of non-existing inside (laughs) voids, uh, that's a perfect segue to our first topic. And uh, this is something I've mentioned on previous episodes, something I, I had wanted to talk about. 
Um, and it's something that I didn't get into without kind of your suggestion, I suppose. Mm. Um, that being Star Trek, the original series, which ran from 1966 to uh, 68, 69, I believe. Uh, you, everyone knows the original Star Trek, Kirk. Everybody Spock, knows Star Bones. Trek. Everyone knows it's true. Everyone knows Star Trek. They but, really do. Um, I had not seen any Star Trek prior to this, and you know, I think uh, COVID kind of forcing everyone to take up new hobbies was a perfect opportunity for me to get into Star Trek and especially because there were only three seasons of the original series. Well, let me yeah. just say that I watched the original series with my ex it, when I was like 20, so like eight or nine years ago. Um, and I watched it again by myself like maybe five or something years ago. So I've seen the all of the episodes twice, but um, you're... Justin's been like texting me to, to like tell me about each episode and I have just been like I don't remember this at all so I'm or you gonna have be very vivid Vietnam flashbacks <laughs> yeah then there's that but mostly I'm gonna be like laying back and Justin's gonna be talking and I'll chime in here and there yeah so I I didn't necessarily want to talk about any specific episodes, um, more so what I was impressed by in this now 55-year-old TV show, which, if we're being honest, I can't really think of anything else from 55 years ago that uh, holds up. I'm not saying Star Trek is perfect. It's definitely not, but it's definitely a lot more watchable on a technical and uh, mm -hmm. a script level than, gosh any of that crap back then right uh and you know the acting is serviceable for what it is shatner is mm -hmm. he's fine he's fine as kirk like he's he's good in that role but i'm not gonna say william shatner is a good actor no he is he's he's he ham is and him. cheese yeah exactly he's he's a stage actor he's really meant to do theater like that yeah. is theatrics and and that's and he delivers on that and, yeah, and Bones is kind of the same in a more subdued mm. way. Um, Leonard Nimoy is probably the the best actor on that yeah. show as Spock, and that it's probably because he's got a more nuanced range in performance. Being a Vulcan who is also part human, he's not sure whether he should embrace his emotionless, calculating side or the uh, regular emotional side of a human. Uh, mm -hmm. and and that's probably the cause of most of the intriguing uh, personal plot points because gene roddenberry when he created star trek the idea was it's in the future it's not necessarily a utopia but at the same time it's in the future far enough that basic issues such as racism and stuff are they they don't exist and yeah. people don't have these kind of hang-ups about sexism or whatever well in theory in theory so that's yes. that's the thing all of the women are wearing mini skirts in the show and as my mother likes to remind me whenever i bring up star trek um the original series is that in the pilot the women wear pants and then the network told them that they had to sex it up so they 
they redesigned all the women's outfits to wear the little mini skirts, which have shorts underneath, but they're still mini skirts. Well, that's the um, thing. There, there's so many of skirts yeah. that they're there are not... times there are times where some sometimes a woman will just be standing and not moving, and you can see underneath her skirt because it's oh, yes. so short. Yeah, exactly. It's like a long shirt. Uh, I guess for the people that are not quite as in the know, just a, a brief overview of some of the main characters. You've got Kirk, uh, played by William Shatner. He's the captain of the USS Enterprise. Uh, he's kind of like this charming, handsome, do-gooder. Um, then you've got uh, Leonard McCoy, also known as Bones. He's the doctor. He's a little older than the rest of the crew, and he gets upset easily and i i think he might be an alcoholic uh, then as we've mentioned you've got spock he's the science officer and he's kind of cold and calculating and doesn't understand he's all logical he doesn't understand emotion you've got scotty who's another older guy he's the engineer uh but they really use him for whenever they see fit mm-hmm. Some, sometimes he'll be like dealing with getting the engines of the ship running and other times he's doing like essentially grunt work uh so but he he's just kind of like the the hands-on guy yeah um you have a Chekhov and sulu who are yep. navigators and the wee little babes yeah they're, they're the two little the two little boys um in charge of basically <laughs> steering the enterprise <laughs> pretty uh, much yeah they just get bossed around by kirk and all day, getting into shenanigans which they do plenty mm-hmm. uh and then you've got yuhura who is there she she's the of- communications like she kind of like uh she br- how do i put it she takes like alien languages coming into the ship and she like translates them somehow with the computer system so that they can understand what the aliens are saying through their when they like talk to them on video chat. Yeah, she she signals to other ships and yeah. will. I mean, she's essentially like essentially she's just the phone operator. Kind of, but it's but she's more of an engineer. She is, but it's, you know, so going back to the thing of it not being as progressive, it's like you have a woman of color in a very prominent role in yeah, 1966. But, but but she is kind of the secretary. Yeah. And of all the people on on the bridge there, she has the least to work with. She yep. doesn't really go on any adventures. She doesn't. There are no Uhura plot lines. There, there are like Sulu plot lines and there are definitely Chekhov plot lines. But Yuhura, if anything happens, it's because like some chemical gets released and everyone gets horny and yeah, and she's to be made out with or something, right? (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, that is true. Um, And on that note, um, if you're a Trekkie, then you already know this. But the first interracial kiss that was ever on TV was on Star Trek between Kirk and Uhura. Yeah, and I was talking with someone about this recently. And so that was the episode where they went to that planet that was like if Rome had TVs. Is, is that the one? Uh, tier, tier, you got me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I well, is that the episode? Wait, that's season three. I feel like it's late season two. Okay. And they go to some. It could be early season three. Uh, I actually really like the episode. They they go to this planet, and 
it's basically if the Roman Empire never stopped and continued into a more right. modern day. And so instead of having the Colosseum, they still have it, but it's in a TV studio and it's all about ratings and stuff. It's, right. it's actually. And they have to act and stuff. Yeah, they need to. It's, yeah, that's it's, season three. That is definitely okay. season three. Yeah. It's kind of like a WWE thing. It's mm-hmm. like they're, they're doing blood sports, but they need to like throw matches and stuff. And uh, they're in togas and stuff, but they're like short, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're forced to wear togas and. Uh, Mini skirt togas for the yeah. men. Yeah, I actually, I actually like that episode quite a bit. Uh, because yeah, that, that's peak season three. Yeah, that's that's when it's good because I yeah. I think the um, I think the concept is actually very clever of having the Roman Empire be like a network TV driven. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, um, but it's it is a it's you know there are many episodes that the 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 people who wrote the show and God forgive me because I don't remember any of their names but like those are good writers and. You know, sci-fi in general is this way of, like, on TV is this way of, like, dealing with problems and questions that don't really get discussed on other types of TV shows. Um, So, and in that sense, Star Trek is really the first TV show like that where they dealt with these really, like, intense uh, philosophical issues. Yeah, and it's not, I mean... Kirk uses violence to achieve yeah. things quite often, but it's not, I mean, he doesn't kill anyone. In fact, every episode where he has to, he really doesn't want to, and he usually finds a way out of it. Or they it, die by accident. Right. It just, they, they like fall off a cliff or something. Exactly. So <laughs> it's, it's really different in that way of, of you've got um, peace talks and stuff, or mm-hmm. they come in contact with an alien life form that, doesn't have uh, a, a regular humanoid form. They could just be like this cloud of like lights or something. That happens quite a bit where they encounter some alien life form that they don't understand at all. Uh, there was that episode that we both like where they find some creature that's, it's not carbon-based life, it's silicon-based life. Right. And they have a whole the, thing the blob. about- Yeah, it's this like lava rock creature. And it has a bunch of eggs. Yeah, and it's all just a misunderstanding mm-hmm. because they've never seen silicon-based life before. Uh, other episodes just about, like, they they have this whole thing called the Prime Directive, which I know is more prevalent in The Next Generation. Yeah. Um, and that is basically if they go to a planet... Their code of conduct... Yeah, it's it's from the, the the Galactic Federation. If they go to another planet or deal with another race or whatever, it they're not allowed to meddle in a way that would like alter the the course of things playing out. Yeah, they have to respect cultural differences um, that even feel extreme because you know the universe is a really big place and there's just like a lot of different ways of living um and who are they to say what's right and what's wrong yeah there are quite a few episodes where they make it very clear that they would like to basically violate the prime directive but they know they can't yeah and and 
actually in season one, there's an episode where they kind of come close to doing so. And uh, they end up saying, you know what? We like, it, it would probably be best for everyone if we like executed these people, but we're gonna mm-hmm. send them to a planet to be exiled. And then that ends up kind of coming back to be the plot of the second movie, which is, mm. uh, I think, really well done. Yeah, uh, they have issues like that in Next Generation too, where like they don't want to break the Prime Directive, but if they don't, then like children will die or something horrible, you know. So it's it's a really uh, tricky situation that the captain usually finds themselves in and like kind of it makes you think but there it it's like so many episodes there'll be some hot bodacious babe mm-hmm. with more skin than clothes i mean really for for tv at the time <sighs> that was, was the beginning of it yeah and it's, it's crazy i can't imagine all the all the little nerds watching star trek in the late 60s and seeing just like everything um and everything then, but everything but yeah and then <laughs> kirk kirk has to sleep with them and he almost always does and no one bats an eye and there's but even, not explicitly not explicitly except for one episode and that's the one episode where they actually address it by not addressing it they have to escort some princess from some alien world and she is she's part of an arranged marriage and she's just really picky and rude and she's got these bodyguards and she she does she doesn't want to be part of their arranged marriage because like the aliens setting it up uh they're part of the the alien group that has those little like shrekier things you remember those guys oh yeah the bluish guys yeah the blue guys with the white hair yes 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 those guys are always okay they're always up to no good yep um so she's on the ship yeah they're they're sneaky they're tricky yeah uh and so she was trying to like get out of the arranged marriage and she starts crying after kirk like basically calls her out Mm. for for being whiny and then she cries and a tear falls on him and then all of a sudden kirk just has the urge to rail her oh my god and he does and they they show them i'm pretty sure taking off kirk's shirt and then they sh- and then it cuts and they're like waking up in a bed it's the most explicit I don't remember it ever was that at all i don't remember that at all yeah it's it's really weird and then and then like kirk gets out of bed and they're in like kirk's room and then like bones comes to the door and kirk's like waking up after like a night of sex and then bones is just like jim did she cry on you you know those tears are aphrodisiacs don't you oh and and then kirk's this reminds like, <laughs> me but go on then i want to say something. yeah kirk's just like yeah i did sleep with her and then spock's like well we've got more important things to do don't worry captain you keep doing what you're doing We're, we'll get to the oh. bottom of this and it's <laughs> yeah. like oh so they all know that their captain's just out having a oh, thanksgiving feast of sex with every tom dick and harry i mean yeah in the in the new movies, once you watch them, you'll see like in the first movie, like one of the first scenes is Kirk. He's in school and he's like doing some blue babe. I I don't know how to. Feel Who's about a her? That. Who is a her's roommate? 
I, I don't. That's it's like Animal House Star Trek edition. I don't no, know. No, okay. That. I hate the new Star Trek movie so much, but the characters that they chose to play them are so spot on to me. Like they're just such a great like new version of each character. It's very fun, even though they're really stupid, and I do not like those movies. I was just gonna say there. Um, there's this show that I've talked to you about called Farscape. Um, which is another really, really good sci-fi show. I believe it's from the 80s or, and 90s. Um, but there's a woman in it who is an alien, but she, or maybe she is a human, but something's happened to her where, like, she was a, she was a prostitute and they injected her with something that, like, makes it so that, like, her sweat glands between her boobs, like, in her cleavage. Specifically like, those. Specifically those. Secrete, like, um, a, f- a fragrance or, like, a, a chemical that when, like, a man smells it, like, they have to have sex with her. So of- she... So now she's like individual. I know. So I don't know, but she's not like a prostitute anymore. When this is happening, she's she's like a villain, and she has like power, and is like a captain in her own right of this bad army or something. I cannot remember because I haven't watched it a long time. But she uses this power to like seduce men to do her bidding. That's definitely. And you just see her like run her thumb. Like in her cleavage, which is always oh, very oh. exposed, and then like scratch and sniff. <laughs> what the fuck. <laughs> oh man, yeah. You, you know, have least... to watch Farscape. It's really good. Uh, at least Trek didn't do stuff like that. Trek gets goofy, and that's why I like it. Well, it's older. This is it's it's newer. older, but I I like yeah. I like how you can have an episode where like they need to make sure they do peace talks with a foreign entity properly otherwise they will die and there's no question about that yeah and in another episode they're like oh we went to a planet where um people read a book about chicago gangs in the 1930s and their entire society is chicago gangs and that's my dad's favorite episode it might be mine too it's just so oh yeah you said that it's It's, just it's it's incredibly stupid (laughs) it was like they have they have like a whole subplot about Kirk learning to drive stick. I mean, <laughs> they just wanted to wear those outfits. There's the planet they go to that's just Nazis. It's just an entire planet of Nazis. Yes. And they thought they went back in time, and and then like Spock found out. He's like, no, they just found out about Nazis, and they turned their entire planet into the like Fourth Reich. Jesus, I do remember and... that one too. Yeah, um, I think they kidnap Spock because they're like, we need to do ethnic cleansing, and he's right, and he's Chinese. <laughs> yeah, no, I, th- I think they literally say something like that. There, there's another episode God. where they go back in time and they go to like the 40s or something, and Kirk, uh, basically has to tell everyone that uh, Spock is, uh, I think he says he's like from the Orient or something. Yeah. And and he's like, please understand that explains his ears. I'm like, what? Excuse me? Yeah. The, the last note I'll say about it is it's pretty amazing how someone like me who's never seen Star Trek until now, hmm. so, mo- so much of it I already kind of knew through cultural osmosis. Yeah, yeah. 
you you hear stuff like he's dead jim or set phasers to stun or just like weird dumb nerd lines you hear that in pop culture all the time or yeah constantly uh, live long and prosper and the vulcan salute like i i I knew it was from star trek but i didn't know the context and i can't really think of a property that is that ingrained in in popular culture while also letting you not know the source material because star wars is like I don't know. I feel like everyone knows Luke, I'm your father stuff. Right. And explicitly where that's from. Start. Yeah. Star Trek is interesting. I, for me, like my mom was obsessed with Star Trek when it came out. And, um, so, and like my parents watched it and would let us watch it like growing up. Um, so I had seen a few episodes anyway, but like to this day, like, my mom will like flash the Vulcan peace sign. So it just, it, it was part of the, the nanocosm of my family culture. Like I just always knew about it for that reason. Um, my mom's a huge nerd. If you could not tell from what just was said. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of like that because in my family and my parents were like, Oh yeah. Star Trek was kind of this dumb show from the sixties. And you know that's that's valid in its own way. Yeah. But um, yeah, I didn't have that growing up. I'm sure if I watched Star Trek as a kid, I'd be super annoying about it now. I mean, compared to like, I've watched some of the original uh, Doctor Who's from like way back when, and just like in comparison, they're just so bad. Like. Uh, they did not have the money first of all for some reason even though i think it was produced by the bbc so yeah but that uh, even going back that far bbc yeah. doesn't necessarily equate to quality but it production. was uh it was pretty it was cheesy and hard to follow and i mean i guess it's also older cuz it was in black and white the early episodes so um, the last thing I want to say, um, going back to her for a second and like female characters in general, cause we didn't talk about the nurse either. I can't oh, remember. I completely forgot about her. Yeah. So the nurse, uh, what's her name? Bones's nurse, uh, is the wife of the man who created Star Trek and Ahura, the actress who plays her, uh, Nichelle Nichols, is his mit- is his mistress in real life. Oh. Yes. You may have told me that, but I forgot about that. Yeah, my mom told me that. So this could be hearsay and not be true. Um, uh, but if that if that is true, it's kind of fucked up that the two the like only two prominent female roles. Yeah. Were kind of I don't know stooping the director <laughs> yeah and and not i don't know that he kind of was holding their careers hostage with that I'm yeah sure. yeah totally because yeah, there really aren't any other women i mean they show up they're they're a different yeoman they're and stuff sex robots and shit oh yeah, yeah that's but, true. The, but there aren't like there aren't any other female characters uh who are, who are consistent consistent yeah they'll yeah. they'll be there'll be some scientist woman on an episode and then she'll disappear or something right huh yep the 60s yes the 60s indeed i I imagine Um, his balls look just like his face he's got food stop (laughs) apparently
Normally, penis pumps kind of work for like. I mean, they do, but you're not you're not making it bigger. You're just you're just making it swell up. Now we're gonna um talk a little bit about some date ideas that I have been reading about online. These are socially distant or and or COVID date ideas for couples or people who are meeting for the first time. Um, I got this list from a website called IndieWithKids.com. Is that Indiana or is that I'm on a small record label, Indie? Well, here's the thing. It's spelled I-N-D-Y. So the list is 55 social distancing date night ideas, how to date during COVID. And the picture they use at the top is like a couple, they're drinking wine. It looks like they're in their house and he's kissing her hair, like kind of behind her ear. So socially distant kissing only. Kissing that doesn't involve both mouths. So I'm going to read some, and then Justin and I are going to talk about why they are a good idea or a bad idea. Maybe we've had dates like this before. Here's a dumb one to start. Catch up on a favorite show uh, or find a new love. So underneath that, it says, enjoy some downtime and binge your favorite show. Quiet time together might just be what you need. Add popcorn or your favorite box candy to your next grocery pickup or delivery order. Grab a cozy blanket and snuggle up next to your honey on the couch for a catch-up session. So You you can definitely (laughs) snuggle up with your honey on the couch with a blanket for a catch-up session. Um, You don't necessarily need to have Netflix involved with that. Um, this kind of like goes into what we were talking about last week where like everybody on the apps just wants to watch Netflix with you. Me specifically? Well, no, like you, you being the person who's on the dating app in general, um, like that's their, that's, that's all they want to do. Um, is this a date? It sounds like that's a date for if you already live together in which case it's not much of a date it's probably just what you do on a friday night these days right like i would argue that it's it's actually more of a date if you don't live together because like then it's like there are people that do that some people do that like every night it's like they finish work they eat dinner and they watch netflix yeah i did that that's what you do when you're in a long-term relationship yeah well, not necessarily. I guess like some people like read together or they cook together, or whatever. But I had a dysfunctional relationship, so we always watch Netflix <laughs> or Hulu. Um, okay, I'll do another one. Dance together. Turn your living room or patio into your own dance floor. Turn down the lights and just slow dance. Or sign up for some digital dance lessons you can learn with your partner. Uh, in the comfort of your own home. This is especially helpful if either of you have two left feet, exclamation point. Um, It sounds great if you live in an apartment, not on the ground floor. Yes. Is that (laughs) that what your neighbors do? They they dance Um, every night? 
My neighbors just squeal and run around. I don't know what they're doing up there. You've heard it. Bang, bang, cops and robbers. It's not even bang, bang. It's like they literally scream and run around. I guess they like chase each other or something. But anyway, <laughs> um, this sounds incredibly awkward. Uh I mean, I guess it's cute. If you're already in a relationship and you, like, turn down the lights and slow dance, like, that's kind of cute. But, again, is that a date? It's, like, all of – I'm, like, as we are going to read these, it's, like, I am I know I'm just going to get the sense that, like, none of these are dates. This is just being at home. <laughs> oh, God. Here's a really bad one. Make coupon books. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> God, oh. I didn't I didn't know we were 78 years old. <laughs> oh my god. Well, this seems like a Father's Day gift from the kids instead of quote unquote free hugs. Write out coupons for things like quote unquote sleep on Saturday or breakfast of choice in bed. Uh, an hour of quiet time without kids. Use your imagination and get creative. I really thought there would be more uh, dates on here that are, like, not for couples whose relationships are dying, but... (laughs) People that desperately need to, like, reevaluate some things. Yeah. Um, I will say that I got a a booklet like this once from an ex, but it wasn't... He didn't make it. He, like, bought it, and it was, like... It was, like, all sex-related stuff. It was, like, one free night... With the love guru or like a sexy 25 minute sexy massage. Cook together. This is so stupid. Okay, hold on. Oh, here we go. That's really sad. That's so sad. Terribly sad. Switch it up, it says. If one of you claims the kitchen domain, give cooking together a try. Find a recipe online that tickles your taste buds or go even bigger. You can, take, you can take a virtual cooking class. That's actually a cute idea. That's actually fun. Um, oh, and you can do it via Airbnb experiences. I'm not sure why you okay, would. That, that, but... sounds, that sounds like a <laughs> commission just... to add. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh... I don't know. I think that's that's kind of sad. Look, I'm not, I'm not trying to make this segment into two single people that live alone uh, make, <laughs> make fun of couples that are reevaluating their entire lives because of the pandemic. But I will say I could not live with someone if they did not know how to cook. Justin, it literally says try whipping up a charcuterie board. Fuck off. <laughs> well, it, it's, you know why? That's just because all the restaurants with charcuterie boards are not able to serve them right now. How are these social distancing date ideas? Because they're all at home. You you all have to be in your <laughs> home. You better live with that person, otherwise. Uh, Imagine just going over to someone's apartment. They've got like three roommates. And oh my you're, god! You're just gonna start slow dancing or something. <laughs> like, all three of you have to slow dance together. Yeah. Okay. Okay, wait. The second to last one says go to bed or not the bed. Bow chicka wow wow. Wherever you end up, enjoy staying in and working on your physical connection. So basically, don't go on a date. Just fuck. Just fuck. All these are just fuck. Um, All of these are just fuck. 
my question about that last one is do these people know you can have sex in a place that a bed does not exist you know well that's why they said or not question mark yeah it, it sounds like they've never entertained the thought that you could have sex on like a couch or a countertop or against a tree or against a, a wagon or something um are these based on the real things i don't know a wagon uh, yeah a wagon like okay yeah yeah a wagon um one that's not in use i mean it's in use is one of you in the wagon i mean was one of you in the wagon can be doesn't have to be i mean you don't need to have such rigid rules about it uh yeah like you get a nice you said up against a wagon yeah i mean it 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 all depends um oh what way they're facing and yeah yeah um a lot of escape rooms oh here's a good one okay yeah escape rooms are really terrible i think we both agree have you done an escape room no it just seems stupid I've done one and it was stupid. Okay, tennis match. <laughs> Is this the eighties? <laughs> you don't want to play tennis with your. Who the fuck plays tennis anymore? Like I have a tennis racket. Okay, I just got rid of mine. Well, we could have played tennis if you hadn't. Well, it would have been platonic, but <laughs> <laughs> unfamiliar activities. Oh yeah. <laughs> What if the only requirement for your first date was you both tried something you've never done before? Oh, that's yeah? The, that's the ticket, according to Joey Stefan, 50, from Bellbrook, Ohio. He says dating a woman through activities she's never tried, quote unquote, opens her up to new things, <laughs> and you can see how she reacts. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Make her uncomfortable by putting her in a situation that she's not familiar with. Are you reading this or are you making this up? No, I'm making this up. Oh. But basically, right, his date outings have included a rodeo, batting cages. Oh, yeah, I bet. (laughs) Batting cages, Uh golfing, and other experiences where you can laugh and tease each other. Oh, my God. I would go to a rodeo. Batting cages. Well, apparently for some people it's tennis courts, right? I suppose. Wouldn't you go to a rodeo? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, depends on what type they're talking. Restaurants are okay, but the mask thing really takes the intimacy out of it. Oh my god. This this guy's just looking the fuck. (laughs) I'm like at the rodeo where masks are optional. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. I'm just saying that. I'm not reading. It's really hard to tell. I'm sorry. I did the restaurant thing a couple of times, but the chemistry wasn't there. That that I read. Okay. I mean, you know, that's that's fair, too, because if you're at a restaurant, you're kind of like trapped there. So if the conversation's not going so great, you can't enjoy Um, the time at the restaurant. um, I'll, I'll do two more. Um, I just want to read this one because it says Zoom with a plan. Have you had any Zoom dates yet? Um, I've had I've had Zoom calls with a loved one. 
Oh, but, okay. But yeah. Not, not with not with not like with a new I, person. Yeah, not with a new person. Yeah. yeah, I have had Zoom dates also with people that I'm already seeing. Also, I before you start reading, I just want to clarify for me because everything I do for work involves Zoom and yeah. it had even before COVID. When people on the app suggested Zoom date, I have to politely say no thank you because I spend enough time on Zoom as it is. Yeah. I just I can't feel do that it. Too. Now that I'm like taking classes and stuff. Yeah, you get it, right? <laughs> yeah, I it, it, what little time I spend on Zoom, like I'm like this is enough. Yeah. But but I actually think it would be kind of nice to like t- just to take the pressure off because I have crippling anxiety when it comes to dating, as you know. Like, it would kind of be nice to meet someone online first before you dated. Because then you could be like, okay, I don't like this person, and you don't have to see them again. That's that's very fair, yeah. Um, you may be sick of Zooming or FaceTiming, but a virtual date eliminates the risk of virus transmission and allows you to gauge whether you'd want to meet face-to-face in the future, which is kind of what I just said. Mm. Um Oh my god, Nancy Schenker, 64, of Scottsdale, Arizona, has embraced virtual dating options. It's allowed her to easily date people outside her own city, removing geography from the equation. Second, she sees herself as a tech-savvy individual and is hoping to find a new partner who is as well. At 64, I could see why this really would matter. Um... This is just hilarious. If a guy can't figure out how to use his phone or camera, that's a bit of a red flag, she says. A virtual connection also gives Schenker more information about her potential suitor, allowing a glimpse into his home, a place she'd likely never go on a first date. Likely. Likely. I'd love to meet a 64-year-old woman who goes to other men's houses on the first date. (laughs) I mean... Oh, and then they give you, like, Zoom date ideas. You can, like, have a bottle of wine over Zoom. <laughs> um, you can make food over Zoom. You can play a game. You can laugh in the room. You can cry in the room, but it's still the same. Oh, <laughs> I just want to say, like, have you had... I'm not going to read anymore. I wanted to ask you instead, like, have you had any Zoom dates? Or, sorry, have you had any COVID dates that you felt like were really successful and like what did you do and why were they successful or not if you um, that stuff. when you say successful do you mean like that particular date was a lot of fun yes yeah um, um yeah <laughs> just yeah, I, I, I just and i have gone on all of the dates that we should go on with <laughs> other people. Yeah. And then well, when other people are like, do you want to do this thing? We're like, we just did it. Yeah. With our friend. Uh, and, and apparently we've also done all the dates uh, you're supposed to do while socially distancing. Not dancing, though. Fuck that. No, we have not slow danced with the lights off. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's what you do with your cat. That is what I do with my cat. I fast dance with the light on. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Oh, um, the last thing I wanted to talk about before we wrap up was um, I 
for this week's suggestion, as you, some of you know who have been listening, I am taking a chocolate class at Harvard Extension, so I've been getting extremely into chocolate. I know a lot about chocolate. Please ask me about chocolate. I would love to talk about chocolate with you. Um, and Justin and I have been trying um, chocolate together, um, and I introduced him to this brand that I'm going to talk to you about called Taza. I would say I introduced it to you. You knew what it was, but you'd never tasted it. Yes. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. So Taza is a local chocolate, uh, bean-to-bar chocolate company based in Somerville, Massachusetts. And um, they make stone ground chocolate, uh, which basically means uh, they use traditional Mexican stone mills called uh, mol- molinos, uh, which are like hand carved by the people. Uh, I don't know if they're hand carved by people who work for them, but they have a video about it on their website. But uh, they are hand carved. And um, so the beans are like ground in this kind of like old school machine. And by doing, in doing so, they they're not the bars they make the chocolate they make is not as smooth as chocolate that you're used to it has a different mouthfeel it's a lot more gritty um and it's a lot more complex in terms of flavor it's sour and fruity and bitter and less sweet than um like a hershey's bar or even like uh even like a ghirardelli or something a ghirardelli exactly um uh, this company is great. Also, they're they have a lot of different flavors, and I would recommend like exploring their different types of bars and discs that they make. They also make like little discs that are kind of like break into pizza slices, tiny pizza slices, um, which is a traditional way of uh, making chocolate. Like that's how a lot of people made chocolate in Mesoamerica and in like early when Europeans were first drinking chocolate, they would make discs and then add them to like milk or water or whatever, um, melt them in, um, chocolatier, chocolate pots. Um, so, uh, sorry, now I've lost track of what I was saying. Um, they have a lot of different flavors. I recommend trying them out. They also work directly with farms, uh, in the they have they work directly with three farms in the Dominican Republic, one in Ghana and one in Haiti, and they pay their uh they pay their uh farmers well. They actually have an annual cocoa sourcing transparency report that they post obviously annually on their website. They're direct trade certified, um, and they're USDA certified organic. Um, so they only work with organic cocoa. Uh so yeah, they are I think they're they're definitely your favorite chocolate right now, right? Yeah, I've I've tried some other chocolates that are not um, your usual Hershey's type stuff, yeah. the American chocolate, and I, it's really it's really the texture for me. Yeah, that, it's that a, adds so much, and yeah. uh, you know they just have some combinations I really like. We tried this one recently that was really dark chocolate. I think. 85 or 95 percent dark and it had ginger in it and it was absolutely delicious yeah ginger and chocolate is so good 
Um, they had a special this winter that was um, like eggnog flavored, and which sounds gross, but the spices were amazing. It, it was it like, was it was a lot, um, but I it was really good. It. I wouldn't I wouldn't binge like half a wheel of it. But. No, except that I did. Yeah, except that you did. Yeah, because I really liked it. Um, but it was like spicy and then and sweet, and then it had all those like like flavors of the cacao beans anyway um yeah um they normally they also give tours um and they're like i said they're based in somerville they're like um right behind inman square like on the way to union uh they have their factory is back there it's also the building also uh is an artist studio building so it's kind of a cool area it's it's not like fancy or anything but uh, it's fun. Uh, and I, tentatively, I will be doing, uh, I'll be talking about chocolate a little bit more on the podcast in a couple of weeks, but not, it's not a hundred percent, but it's like 85%. Right. We shall see. Stay tuned if you want to learn more about chocolate. (laughs) Um, well, I think that just about does it. Justin and I are going to go for a walk. So instead of saying time to eat, I'm going to say time to walk. Time for walkies. Time for our date. Yeah. Time for a socially distanced date. (laughs) We're going to string up Christmas lights around the room. (laughs) 